Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. And today we're talking about something that's going to get Dad all riled up. Um, we're going to talk about personality tests Um because you watched a documentary on them recently and you got all ranty about it. Um, <laughs> and I saw her on Twitter, so I knew it was coming, so yeah. I saw her on Twitter that you were moaning about it. And then we were talking yesterday and yeah. you, you got right on it. So we're going to talk about it on the podcast today. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. It got me right, Riled. I mean, I did try to be restrained on Twitter. I'm very disciplined on Twitter normally. Yeah. Um, so no, it wasn't an aggressive no. Twitter post, no. But I did find myself getting... I was shouting at the TV, um, I was swearing at the TV, at which point the dog runs upstairs. I was about to say you will have upset Pepper. <laughs> so I was watching it in the den upstairs and uh, mm. Pepper was downstairs on the settee and, and then obviously all of a sudden she started hearing me cursing the TV and she came running up looking at me mm. Mm. <laughs> poor Lesser. thing we jumped on the setting you're right dad you're right you're right mm. she's <laughs> yeah. very sweet she is so yeah um where do we start where do we start with this documentary i mean that's that's for you to tell us really because okay. i um all i know well, is that you got all annoyed yeah i suppose um firstly it's been sat in my recorded TV programs for about a month or more because um, I've been meaning to watch it for some time and you know it looked interesting so it's been sat there for a while and, and yesterday afternoon I, I um, thought well I'll, I'll have a bit of lunch and um, and just um, take a bit of time out from the computer watch something on TV I thought oh that's a good idea I'll watch that maybe we can use it for a podcast as well and um, I suppose that that's that's sort of what started it um i think for me that the i have a problem with the documentary so first and i also have a problem with with some of the the tools that are talked about should so, we say for, the documentary name I just yes thought. yeah the documentary is called persona colon the dark truth behind personality tests um so that's basically the the title um, and I just, um, so it, it first of all focuses on MBTI. So this is the Myers-Briggs uh, personality profiling tool. Which we've done, have we not? We've, you? No, we haven't, no. Which one have we done? So we've, we've done um, a, well, it, the one we did was called Thomas International, mm. uh, based around the DISC model. So that's a slightly different one. So there are lots of these personality mm. tests around. Um, and... The thing is, they're not all made equal. They're not all created mm -hmm. equal. And that's the first thing. So the, the for me, the, the problem with the documentary is it confuses, it smushes together a whole bunch of problems with personality profiling. And I think it leaves, leaves you not really knowing what the problem is and what the problems are. Um, it leaves you with a vague notion that there is a problem, but I think it would be better if it could separate out these problems. And that's me the biggest issue with it um it's well made there's some good interviews in there it's uh, based around um a particular book so i understand it um and the person who is interviewed i think is the author of the book and she's actually very good i would love to have heard more from her about her journey and her story and so on but instead there was a lot of it's very flash it's very well put together well produced and it asked some great questions but it just, it felt like it just smushed everything together 
and we ended up with questions about the validity of of a test being one of the issues and then the next thing was the i suppose the ethical implications of using tests for things like recruitment well for me these are two entirely separate issues and they need to be addressed separately um i think there is absolutely a question to be asked about the ethical issues around using these tools but that's a separate one to whether the tool is actually any good or not and I just didn't feel that they separated those two things out Mm. so the first thing that got me angry was the I think the beginning of the um, documentary was lots of um, youtubers um, uh, viewers of, of youtube channels who are enamored by the Myers-Briggs MBTI Mm. um, profiles that they've got. There's like YouTubers, influential YouTubers who are telling people, you know, this is how this person behaves and this is how this type of person behaves and this is how this type of person does this and this type of person does that. These people Mm. have zero qualifications in any of this stuff. They should not be doing that, in my view. This is completely inappropriate. Mm. that's the first problem and you've got people young people saying well you know nothing nothing um that's uh, uh, online that has so much power can be something that hasn't got some truth to it you know it's got to have some truth to it Um, Mm. and that i think that really annoys me and angers me because this is based upon a system that from a psychologist's perspective is completely irrelevant I can tell you I've studied psychological psychometric profiling as part of my degree and then as part of my organizational psychology degree and we never talked about Myers-Briggs. Why do we Mm -hmm. not talk about Myers-Briggs? Because nobody takes it seriously. Why is it not taken seriously? It's not taken seriously because of the way it was developed and the way that it is structured. Mm -hmm. Um, It's based upon Jungian... um, types so young um kind of the, uh, the 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 guy who came after freud if you like or who's, mm-hmm. he was one of his students and and obviously is very influential i'm not saying everything he did um you know isn't of some use but even young um was careful to avoid this idea of complete dichotomies and basically myers-briggs is based around dichotomies let me just give you an example so if you think about, um, so what, what Myers-Briggs does, it says you are either an extrovert or an introvert. You mm. are either a thinking person or a feeling person. You are either a sensing person or an intuition person. You are a judging person or you are a perceiving person. So let's just take one of those to start with. Let's take thinking, feeling. Mm. Well, would you describe yourself as a thinking person or would you describe yourself as a feeling person? So forget about taking the test. Just what would you say about that? If I was to put you in a box, would Mm. you be thinking or would you be feeling? What would you actually say as an answer to that question? That's very circumstantial. Yeah. And, and you're not one or the other, are you? That's what I mean. So like depending on the situation, it's circumstances, you will respond in different ways. Yeah. So the idea that we can put people into boxes, oh yeah, you're a thinker and you're a feeler, is just ridiculous. And we all know that's ridiculous because we don't talk like that in real life. You know, sometimes you're you're more kind of logical, reasoning, thinking processes takes charge, mm. if you like, or has a has a greater influence. And other times you just you do act on gut feel because of how you're feeling at that moment or um, mm. how strongly you feel about it. So you know, we cannot put people into those sorts of boxes so that's the first problem with it it's based around the idea of personality types Mm -hmm. which is something that we've abandoned a long time ago we don't really talk about personality types not in psychology anymore we talk about traits so actually what what we do is we say well people have tendencies to behave in certain ways so if we were to say rather than a Um, type which makes you either thinking or feeling we might have a dimension on which Mm. we might say something like 
um, you have a tendency openness. towards or, yeah. exactly openness. Um, so sometimes you know some people are very open, some people are a little bit open, some people are not very open, but there's a certain amount of openness there. So actually, what it is is you end up sitting on a dimension or a spectrum, if you like of openness and that's the way we do personality profiling now we don't say that you are a thinker or you are an extrovert or you are a judger or you Mm. are a sensing person we say you sit on a dimension and that's that's a problem because it boxes people in to particular personality types as opposed to demonstrating tendencies or traits towards certain bits of behavior so that's that's one of the first problems, and um, I mean the documentary is quite good in the respect that it does talk about the uh, the beginnings of Myers Briggs, which was um, we're going back to like the eighteen hundreds um, mm. with a woman who had no qualifications whatsoever in psychology. I mean, give her a due, you know, she was interested in this subject and she wanted to raise her daughter um, appropriately. Great, and she even did some. I suppose, some empirical studying, which based around her own daughter growing up. And she identified, looked at Jung, she read a book, (laughs) she read Mm. one of Jung's books, and she identified these types. And she then sort of overlaid them on top of what she was seeing with her child and came up with these these types that that now essentially has become what Myers-Briggs is Mm. her daughter then grew up and basically helped her with the work Mm. so we've got two people here who don't actually have any any qualifications any training um they've just basically made it up based on a book Mm. um that they've read now I suppose you know in order to avoid uh, litigation by this powerful organization which is now Myers-Briggs um I'm sure they have developed it and you know they have done their own research and um they would they claim that it is valid it is reliable and it does tell you something about personality but I have to say it's really telling that I've spent eight years doing a psychology degree or two degrees at two different levels and we never discussed it and it's because it has no scientific background Mm. Um, and that I think is a problem so that's one of that's for me that's one of the problems is this MBTI thing is this Myers-Briggs thing actually telling you something useful yeah because don't when it when do people use it don't sometimes workplaces get you yeah to them and stuff? oh loads of workplaces use it so when I um, worked for a big organization big corporation um, we did use it for some recruitment um, although it I mean, ironically, it was too expensive. I remember when I was when mm. I was um, working there, we didn't use MBTI for everything because, yeah, it was too big and too cumbersome and you had to go on courses and stuff. So we used a simpler um, mm. psychometric profile that was cheaper and easier to, um, to use. Um, so it wasn't, we didn't use it, we didn't not use it because it was actually didn't have any scientific credibility we we didn't use it because it was too expensive for us to use it in in great amounts um but yeah it was it was around um but yeah there's literally you know thousands and thousands of businesses around the world use this thing to Mm. recruit um and to use in coaching and training and so on Um, I, i would suggest the coaching and training thing actually might be perhaps a better use for it if you're going to use it at all um but if you're using it to recruit to, then mm. if it's actually not telling you very much of very much use, then I would suggest it's it's not a good tool to use. But again, of course, they would deny that. They would say, you know, we've got thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of satisfied customers and so on and so on. Mm. Um, and so I would have, you know, I have to say that, I guess. Um, and some people swear by it. You know, they think it's absolutely fantastic. And they read it and think, yeah, that is absolutely me. And that is Isn't absolutely it a bit you. like horoscopes, though? Well, that's, you know, that's one of the problems. I actually, um, I actually looked up our episode on the supernatural. I don't know if you remember that one going back. Mm. It was episode 26 or number 28 on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of that, I read out a... 
um, a kind of cold reading thing yeah, that, um, yeah. that Darren Brown put together. So if you want to go back to that, you, you could listen to that. And I think a lot of the times, I even felt this when I was, I was using other types of test. You know, you read this out to somebody or they read it and they look at it. You know, that is totally me, you know. Mm. And I, I do think sometimes it is part of that. It's quite vague, quite generalized sometimes. And it, it does make you think, yeah, actually, that is, um, yeah, that is me, you know. Uh, and mm. anything that doesn't doesn't quite work, you kind of just ignore. You don't, that doesn't register. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I think there is an element of that to it, yeah. The What Should I Think About podcast has been going now since around November 2020 and we've really enjoyed doing it. We release at least two shows a week, it's about eight a month of course, with Sunday being an interview and Wednesday being our discussion about a new subject each week. We love you our listeners and we really value the interaction we have with you and we want to keep the podcast going. Currently I pretty much work on the podcast full time researching topics booking guests recording and editing with Celine working part-time doing very much the same things so in order for us to keep going and continue to improve we've reached that point in the life of a podcast where we have to make some decisions about how we support it financially most podcasts have ads either that are delivered by the podcast hosts or from third parties that interrupt the show we really don't want to do that we want to keep the What Should I Think About podcast ad-free. So we're going to try something different to most podcasts. We'd like to ask you if you think this podcast is worth a pound or a dollar fifty or a euro twenty a month or whatever the equivalent is in your own currency. If you think it's worth that, we'd like to invite you to become a member or a patron for just that. So how we're doing it is we're flattening out our tiers on Patreon to just our single lowest tier. For those patrons, not only will you get the two public podcasts a week, but you'll also get exclusive video each month, bonus content of at least one a month and probably more, and exclusive access to the What Should I Think About Facebook private group, where you can contribute to our Ask Us Anything episodes coming up soon, and talk about the show we've got other plans too that will make your pound or dollar fifty even better value but we can't say too much about that yet we really want to make access to this community possible to everyone and we think this minimal amount will do that while providing the show with a small income in order for us to keep going so the next few weeks we'll be flattening out our tiers on patreon and providing all benefits through the lowest tier currently known as loss aversion for just a pound or its equivalent in your own currency. So please consider being part of our community. Thank you. The link to our Patreon page can be found in the show notes. I know there's this one test where it's like, I don't know if this came up, where it's um, your number. Oh, you heard of that one? So instead of it being like ENFJ or whatever, it's like numbers. Have you heard of this one? I mean, there's loads of them. I haven't. Yeah. I can't. There's, yeah, it's there's just... ones with colours. There's, there's Yeah, yeah, there's the colour yeah. one. Yeah, you have like a primary. Well, the, the, I think the colour one is interesting. I don't think it's true, but I think it's interesting because they try and get you to answer it from the point of view of when you're a child and then right. also as an adult. And then you'll see, quote unquote, your true personality, and then the way that society has made you. Oh crumbs! I mean, how on earth can you? Can yeah, because of the way that, that you're. Because of the way that you've changed. So say the colours. <laughs> so so <laughs> say that. Say as a as a kid you were blue, which is like quite calm or whatever, right. and then as an adult you're red, which is quite like confrontation or whatever. Then it's maybe something has been done to you by society or by life. In your red, <laughs> yeah, that's one. Crumbs. Um, mm. Yeah, so so I don't want you to go away with the idea that none of these things have any value or validity because there are. This is the irony. This is the frustration about this is that, that there are some tools out there that have been robustly devised and studied and correlated against literally thousands of people before they start selling them. Mm. Um, 
and they are based upon what's called the Big Five. Uh, this is another moment at which I shouted at the TV. They they likened the MBTI um, and the Big Five to like Coke or, and Pepsi. Myers Briggs. Uh, so one's the Coke. Yeah, one's the Pepsi. So, you know, Myers Briggs is the, the same Coke, thing, but different. Big Five mm. is the Pepsi, um, and that's completely erroneous in my view that's that's i think irresponsible because it's basically saying they're pretty much the same thing but you know one's your flavor or the other might be your flavor that is not true mbti is basically a made-up system by two women in the 1800s and early 1900s the big five is a robust set of criteria developed over years and years and years of proper research using statistical factor analysis to identify five key factors of personality that you can then identify as traits on a dimension. Mm. These two are not the same thing. Um, so to just flippantly liken them to those those drinks is ridiculous. And that that was another reason I I um I shouted at the TV. Um, so the way that the way that the big five works, and I'll, I'll get to in a minute that yes, there might be problems with this because the, the the program, the TV program, then goes on to talk about some of the ethical problems, and I, I want to address that. But first of all, let's talk about whether it's actually measuring anything at all, yeah. and the way that the big five has has done it. And so I'm getting out my psychology book from the degree here. Um, if you think about personality as being a kind of label at the top level, imagine a mm. hierarchy of different things, like an organization chart, if you like. You've got personality at the top. And then one of the factors in the big five is called conscientiousness. Maybe I should actually say what the big five are. Oh, we did do This is on we did, because I remember. Yeah, well, it's similar, yeah. Um, so the big five. Um, we just did it for fun, though. There was no reason for us to do it. We just did it for fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember this conscientiousness that we both score high on. Costra uh, and McRae's, uh, uh this tends to get called the Big Five. There is a bit of argument about that, but that's what they mean by the Big Five. If you remember Ocean as a mnemonic, it helps you remember it. So O is openness, C is conscientiousness, E is extroversion, A is agreeableness, and N is neuroticism. But most people talk about emotional stability rather than rather than neuroticism because it's a bit of a you know nobody wants to think that they're on a neuroticism dimension mm. um, but basically that's that's levels of anxiety or you know hostility depression and so on mm -hmm. i'm quite happy to to say that i score quite high <laughs> on neuroticism for some reason um so yeah it's it's these are these are the the five areas and the way they've worked this out is you take personality at the top like i said you imagine it like an organizational chart where you've got at the top personality and then underneath if you take one of those which will take conscientiousness under conscientiousness you then might have what are called surface traits like punctuality or dutifulness or self-discipline or reliability those would all fit underneath conscientiousness um, and then underneath that, you then think about some of the behaviors and beliefs that people might actually state. Mm -hmm. So things like if you look at punctual punctuality under that, people might say things like, oh, I never miss trains. Um, I believe people should always be on time for work. I prefer to be early for appointments. So that would sit underneath punctuality, which itself sits underneath conscientiousness. Um, punctuality sits with dutifulness, self-discipline, reliability, all sitting underneath conscientiousness, which itself is a is a major factor of personality. So you can imagine these these hierarchy of characteristics, and what how they develop this is by using thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of questionnaires asking people about their their personalities, their behaviours. Uh, what they think about this, what they do in this situation, what they do in that situation. And they do statistical factor analysis to see which ones sort of sit together, which ones clump together. And that's how you end up with 
punctuality being a surface trait and then conscientiousness being a higher order trait underneath personality. So it's all done statistically and painstakingly. Believe you me, as somebody who has used these factor analysis bits of software, it's hard work and it takes a long time. It takes a lot of validation, a lot of testing, a lot of checking to make sure that these things work. Ultimately, what they're doing is they're correlating, they're, they're finding qualities and behaviors that sit together, that are similar to each other, and that can then sit under something else, which is an umbrella of that, which sits under, underneath something that is an umbrella on that. And that's the way these things have been developed. Mm. Not, not a couple of people reading a book about young and somebody observing their own child and coming to a decision that that's how we should do this thing. Mm. So that's why if you're going to use something like this, use something that's based on the big five because the big five is actually based on something. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the first thing. That's the first thing that got me shouting at the TV. Can I, can I ask the question? So do you think, uh, the reason they've said, oh, it depends on your flavour of Coke. Is that because they're they're seeing both tests as bad? So they're just saying, well, they're both bad, so it's whichever one you prefer. Or I don't know, maybe. Mm. But they didn't go into that, and that's, the pro- that's one of the big right. problems. I mean, they hardly talked about the Big Five at all. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that even with the Big Five, there are questions... So you first of all have to start asking questions about, right, what are we actually measuring here? Yeah. So when we, when we uh, devise a test that, yes, it's based upon thousands and thousands of people's responses, you're still having to use language to describe characteristics mm-hmm. that we assume each other kind of sure. agrees with or shares, mm. yeah. Um and there's also big questions about the cultural differences within different countries. That's been a big question mark around some of these tests. So, yeah, these really are English Westy. words. Mm. Yeah, they're English words, you know. And mm. so do they really translate effectively into other languages, first of all, and, of course, other cultures as well? So there's quite a lot of research and questions about that. I mean, work has been done about that. Mm. There's a guy called Goldberg who actually more truthfully has developed what is called the big five but again this is where a lot of the confusion comes um but he's looking at or his team are looking at correlations across cultures so that's a big piece of work that i think is still ongoing um but at least at least there's there's a scientific basis on this and it's it's actually you know trying to measure something that can be um, checked and validated um, so yeah so if you're going to use if you're going to use a personality profile then um, my argument is use something that has some scientific validity um, then, oh sorry. my question was just going to be what is the so that's what your kind of suggestion is there and then what why would you want to do these personality tests anyway like what's the point yeah yeah, so I've so never if you, had to do one for recruitment, you know. Yeah, that's quite unusual, actually. I think um, I think a lot of lot of businesses do use these tools. So no, I've done the be... question thing before. It's like if you had a customer doing this, what would you do? But that's just based on like scenarios and yeah, how. That's different. Yeah, but I've never done a yeah personality test to help them decide. Um, I mean, uh, so, some this is something that the documentary does talk about so sometimes they're done overtly in other words you know you're doing a personality profile Mm. but sometimes if you're doing an application online um some of the questions might actually be part of a personality profiling and others might not so i think that's again an ethical question yeah it's a bit sketchy is raised in the program and is a good question that we need to we need to address but for me that the first thing we just need to the program should have done was first of all establish is are these things actually measuring something mm-hmm. and the answer is some are some let's put it this way are they lack credibility certainly in the psychological community and let's you know let's be honest 
surely the people who actually study psychology are the ones mm. that should be validating this stuff, mm-hmm. not, you know, whether you think you, you personally think it sounds right. Um, so that's, that, that's one question. The next question then that it, it spends a lot of time on then is the ethics of it and the, the way that it can um, discriminate against people which I think is a, is a really good question. And I, you know, so I don't have any problems with, with them talking about this, but it, because they started off with this, this one test, um, it kind of gets smushed in with this other, other question. So perhaps worth asking those questions as well, you know, about, is it ethical? So if you go for a job, is it ethical to be given a test that's, will tell them about your personality given that you know you might have a learning disability or you might have um you might um, say you've got neurodivergent yeah yeah then you'll think things differently but there's no reason you can't do the job exactly yeah but what what we're doing is we're identifying personality profiles with particular roles. Mm. So if you're a salesperson, for instance, if you think about the big five, you probably want somebody that's quite high on openness. You want somebody that's high on agreeableness. Um, you probably want somebody low on neuroticism. Mm. Um, so these are these are certain qualities, and you'll have a profile that might actually match this this role that you're looking for. Um, so where I used to work, we actually did. Um, so bear in mind that this was before I'd studied psychology. So I just took it as a, and this is the part of the problem is you know you just say oh that's what we do. this must be based on science. Well, yeah, they um, come and I, tell you to do it. Your bosses don't exactly and then you have to do it. Um, I mean, there's, there's extra complications I probably won't go into because um, I don't want it to just become a kind of, you know, psycho babble fest, but there's different types of tests. There's ipsative tests and there's um, the other one, which I've forgotten. Mm. Anyway, some are based on your, basically comparing your own answers with yourself, in other words. So it's just identifying your own dominant characteristics so I'm more this than I am that. Um, mm. And then others are normative. That's it. Normative and ipsative. So normative are ones that have looked at a population of people mm. and said that compared to a population of people, you tend to be more conscientious than most, for instance. An ipsative test, an ipsative test will say, um, in terms of your own qualities and your own personalities, you tend to be more conscientious than you are a go-getter, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only comparing yourself with yourself, essentially. Um, so again, if you're recruiting and you want to find a good fit, and they use this term in the program, which I'll talk about, if you want to find a good fit for a role, then you should use a normative test that essentially looks at the whole population and says, people who are good at this job tend to have these types of traits in more measure than other people. So mm-hmm. a normative test based on the big five is really what you should be using in my view um but of course it it does raise questions about whether it's an ethical thing to do that to to actually say right these are the the personality qualities that we're looking for um because it's because we have discrimination laws and it Mm, feels a little bit like it flies in the face of that like it gives you a way of saying like oh no we didn't pick this person because of any well like we didn't reject them because of any of the like actual discriminatory reasons it was just they did a test and they failed (laughs) exactly and that was one of the that was one of the i think very useful questions that that it raised um there's a a group called hope i think they were called um working in uh, in new york who are trying to help people essentially to fill out these questionnaires Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose to to circumvent the system in many respects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're honest, you know, if you're an honest person, there was this. It was actually really sad. Actually, there's this young mm-hmm. guy there. Um, so spoilers are coming if if you you know if you're not seeing it. Um, but there's this one young guy there. He seemed a lovely guy, but he he was I think neurodivergent. I think he describes himself as autistic. Um, 
and he'd gone for jobs and jobs and just never really got um never got anywhere and he he was so honest you know and, and the trouble is if if you're if you're posed a question you know about how you feel about something do you feel excited about something or do you feel down about it? if you're feeling depressed or you're you know you're um you don't know how to play the social game um then of course you might answer that in a very honest way but in a way that is is not going to give you the right result for the test um and he he eventually felt that he was kind of just getting nowhere and it didn't matter what he did he just kept getting knockbacks and so on and so on eventually he just he just gave up and his dad um i think he's a lawyer he's an attorney and he was kind of pursuing that and then all of a sudden you find that he's this young lad's taken his own life mm. and so you don't see him again on the on the, the documentary it's like heart-wrenching mm-hmm. and you think you know that's is that right is are we doing the right thing here by having these um these strict profiles that people have well, to yeah, tick all these boxes in order to get a job you know well because it definitely seems wrong in the sense that like you said you wouldn't you're not allowed to discriminate based upon someone's um like if they're autistic you're not allowed to discriminate based on that fact but if you do it through a test then you can so basically Mm. it's creating a way of allowing discrimination in a job application yeah that that was exactly what they said and i i yeah i find it hard to disagree with that celine because if it's like oh we're we're oh no we, we we didn't pick him because he's um, because he's autistic it's just because he didn't answer the questions around it's like because right. he didn't answer the questions quote unquote right because he's autistic mm. so you did discriminate yeah so so a little bit of um terminology that is used in in recruitment is called fit mm. and this this gives us the idea of you know a shape if you like this this role is this shape mm. and we want people to fit into that you know mm. um and that's a very kind of, I suppose, a scientific way to approach it, you know. But mm-hmm. I think that that potentially misses, you miss out on some people that, yeah, might not might not tick all of those boxes, but are extraordinary in other areas that, that bring so much to the table. Mm-hmm. So I, I do worry about that, having very strict um, profiles that are then measured against and will determine whether somebody gets a role or not mm-hmm. i think that's quite disturbing that's quite worrying um you've got all sorts of uh minorities who may well fall foul of that including obviously people with uh neurodivergent um personalities um also like you said culturally people that yeah, are from exactly. different cultures you might yeah. end up so it might be a way of basically discriminating against different cultures. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. Anyone that, that, that'll be, yeah, potentially it's very like Western or even English specific. So mm. then it will be, yeah, that you could end up sort of falling. Yeah. And, and even if it's mm. doing it right, you know, so I suppose that this is my point about the documentary. It feels like there's two issues here. One is, is it being done right? Mm. Is it actually telling us anything? And the answer is, it depends which test you're doing mm-hmm. or which which uh, profile you're taking. And then the second one is, kind of, should we be doing it at all for job recruitment? Um, and, you know, as somebody who has used these things over the years, I used to be responsible for recruiting and then managing the um, accelerated management trainees. So they'd be coming in from just finished uni and we'd be looking to recruit potential managers of the future. And so they'd come in, we'd, we'd have an assessment day with them. And part of that assessment day was one of these profiling things. Um, it wasn't MBTI, but it was a profiling tool. Um, but I have to say that we always fed back. Mm. So that's one of the things that is not happening, I think, these days, is that people are filling these things out online. Sometimes they don't even know they're doing it. It's part of a more general application form. But but this form is has got little fields yeah. actually in it that are taking them to different places. Um, so they don't even know they're actually doing a, a personality profile. And then they're not getting any feedback. So we always gave feedback and mm-hmm. we always discussed it with them. 
and it was never the main thing. It was never the only thing that we took into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some people that we employed that were completely the wrong profile, but we thought actually they've got other qualities that we think would um, would make up for that. And I think that's if you're going to use it for recruitment, that's probably the way to do it. Should it be used for things like training and coaching where people can look at their profile and have a bit of fun with it and go, yeah, that is just like me. And oh yeah, I do that. And you, oh yeah, you do that. And so on. as the basis of a conversation, the start of a conversation that gives you some language to talk about your personality and others, mm. I actually think there's some value in that. And that's maybe where things like MBTI could be useful, but I would still argue, why not use one that's a bit more actually um, based around, you know, the science of it all. Um, but I think it has some value for that. And yes, you can learn about yourself and um, also you can learn perhaps about the way you're developing, you know, so I've done quite a few of these over the years and I found that um, it's told me a little bit about my state of mind (laughs) at Mm. each time. Um, And it does change. It has changed for me over the years. Um, So, yes, I think there's some value in it for that, but as a, as a, blunt instrument to decide who gets that job and who doesn't i Um, worry about that mm. because if you only choose to interview people based on if you do that and then you interview people that have the right code you miss out on a lot of people i do worry that we are um yeah it sounds very 1984 doesn't it Mm. um it was also obviously something that came to the head with this cambridge analytica thing so facebook was a platform that was being used to uh, for certain companies to test people's personality profiles yeah. and then they could be targeted for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was happening without their knowledge. So And wasn't there a big that. thing about that to do with the election and stuff? Exactly, yeah. So it's being used to identify political affiliations as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I do worry about a world where it, it feels kind of Gattaca meets 1984, really. Mm. Um, and I think we probably need to push back against that a little bit, I think, as society. I mean, I'm all for, um, you know, recruiting in a very deliberate way because obviously it is a big investment that a business makes when they recruit somebody and it's not always easy to um, to part waves with them later if, if they're not appropriate, you know, if they're not doing the right things. But... Um, but still, I, I do kind of worry about that. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, this this is a bit of a different um, podcast today. This isn't like our normal one because we haven't mm. talked about high control groups or um, religions or anything like that. But I do think there is a, a an almost state. Uh, uh, if we're not careful, we can end up with a state level or massive institutional level um of coercively mm. arranging people pushing people into roles or out of roles or out of parts of life because of an increasing scientism around people's personality um and i don't think the science is there even on the best ones to be able to do that accurately and even if we could do we really want to live in a society like that mm. um so yeah that's i suppose that's my um rant about that subject there we go Uh, there's some interesting things that could flow from that including Mm -hmm. questions around okay so when we're measuring personality are we what are we actually measuring because actually when you measure personality these types of systems are really measuring people's tendencies to do certain things Mm. so it's more about behavior than it is um or at least it's being measured by people's perceptions of what they do Mm -hmm. i suppose in many respects um the question i think that isn't addressed yet is how much of that relates to our sense of self Mm. our sense of who we are and our identity, which is a, is a common theme on this this podcast, um, and I, I keep coming back to that question in, in lots of the discussions that we have with people. 
identity, identity, identity. How do I, how do we talk about ourselves? How do we think about ourselves? So I think it's probably another podcast there. We need to talk about this whole question of self, you know, the me, the Mm -hmm. I, um, being and becoming all these difficult concepts that we've been fighting, uh, you know, trying to understand over the centuries really in philosophy and science. Um, so I think it's a really interesting discussion to be had there and how that relates to our questions about identity in a, in a cult, in a high control group and, you know, in other aspects of life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but we probably don't have time to go into all of that now. Not right now, but we've indefinite podcast time. Um, so just before we finish with the personality stuff and move on to tweet of the week, um, there's a there's a few articles that are worth checking out. There's a Vox article which is actually very good with a little video in it. So I'll put the link onto that. The um, the Vox article says why the Myers Briggs test is totally meaningless. <laughs> so they've gone a bit further than me really mm. um, in their uh, their criticism of it. Um, so I'll put that link on. There's a couple of other articles that I'll I'll put on as well. Um, I, I guess that there will be some bits of research that that's that do point to validity and so on. But I think the question is whether it it actually um, is based around something of, of validity, if you like. Anyway, I'll put all those links onto the show notes. So I reckon now it's time for tweet of the week. Indeed. of the week tweet 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 of the week all right so anything you want to talk about something i'm just uh try i'm still bad at twitter <laughs> trying to get to our page okay there we go Everything's hard. So while you're while you're having a look, um, I suppose it, it's perhaps appropriate to mention the uh, the documentary. Um, it's a Vice documentary that was released in the states, I believe. Um, I think most people on Twitter who have an interest managed to find a link to um, a site that allowed them to see that. So I got to watch the, the documentary. It was, yeah, really important and very, very well done, I thought. Lots of familiar faces on that documentary. And I think most people will recognise um, some very brave comments on that. It's called Crusaders, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses Speak Out. Um, so yeah definitely if you can get hold of that if you can get hold of a way of watching that then yeah please do if you don't know how to do that then probably a good place to go is the twitter feed um, because i've commented on it and retweeted it and so on so you can find it there and um in terms of some tweets and stuff uh nice to hear from quite a few people that they really enjoyed the um uh, episode that dad did with producer bob and oh, yeah. um the shund experience so mm. riley kind of started that off saying um thoroughly enjoyed it. it was extremely engaging and thought-provoking um our lovely uh nathan nor uh <laughs> or you know yeah. always find uh giving us some fun satirical comments so we find this podcast <laughs> is often the top of our most uh, detested list up here in heaven so much so we regularly have to rush to listen to the latest episode just to hear how shameful it is it's very fun yeah, yeah, yeah. very fun so i enjoy <laughs> i always enjoy uh nathan Nors. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah um so that is from me i don't know if you've got any more or um yeah, I suppose um, there's lots of nice comments around the interview with Camilla. Um, yes, that was really that was really yeah. Good. Lots of people enjoying it, and some people that are local in Ireland have been able to watch it, so saying they really enjoyed it and so on. That's right. 
Yeah, I, I suppose it is. It's a little bit frustrating for some people because they they they've not been able to watch it um, because it's not on Gets general the hype release. Going. That's the important. Gets thing. the hype going, and I think you know for Camilla, obviously, it's really important for her to allow it to go through the festivals because that is going to help her to develop her career and so on. So, um, obviously, we're not spokespeople for Camilla, but um, I, I guess you know that's really important to help her to to develop what she's doing and yeah we will get to see it um uh, at some point in the future um it just needs to go through these festivals because they have rules don't they as we know some festivals are stricter than others but many of them if it's on general release you just can't show it at the festivals Mm -hmm. and it's through these festivals that you get a chance to um you know get get growing for your next um project so yeah i guess that's that's the thing tweet of the week 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 So that was Tweets of the Week. So as we speak, um, obviously, again, by the time you hear this, it'll all have happened, but I'm about to go on holiday to uh, Yorkshire, which is a favourite place of ours, and I'm going to do a bit of outside broadcasting. That's the plan. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a site there called Mother Shipton's Cave, and that's really interesting because in there used to live a prophetess. So she... Uh, would prophesy about the future. So I'm going to check that out and I'll talk about that. We'll do a bit of live broadcasting. Well, not live, but it, you know, outside broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that on the podcast. So that'll be something a bit different. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll see you soon. Well, that's not something well, I say on the podcast. <laughs> All right. So, yes, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And please consider being a patron for just a pound or a dollar fifty euro 20 or whatever the amount is uh, we want to make it really easy to be a, a patron and that that helps you to become or enables you to become part of the community so it'd be brilliant if we can just just sort of do that and that mm-hmm. will help us to keep the podcast going exactly um, so but don't forget to obviously like and subscribe and follow i think it is now on apple the new mm. apple podcast app is horrendous um, i've not updated yet oh don't mm-hmm. anyway um if you do use that app like me then you know keep keep going but um but yeah we're, we're on there so um, don't forget to follow and uh yeah look forward to seeing you next week bye bye what should i think about is an evil sheep production